welcome to the Hope City Church podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen. Let's give it up for these guys today. It's usually really easy. You're really excited about being asked and then the preparation, and then when the day comes, I think suddenly sometimes for some of us, it's like, dun, 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 it just kind of like hits us, and I was just, we had a good chat this morning, a good time in prayer today, and I just said, hey, something that I've um, tried to teach our kids from a young age, and, and I remember when Sydney was doing her grade nine grad in, in Calgary, and I remember her friends, they all had to get on the stage and do stuff, and her friends were all like, aren't you nervous? Aren't you nervous? And I saw something that day. Like, and, and, and when everyone's asking each other if they're getting, you know, we just say it. Everyone's asking each other, aren't you so nervous? And it was like fear just getting like higher and higher and higher amongst the group. I said, hey, let's change the narrative. Let's say, aren't, you, aren't we so excited that we get to share about Amen. Jesus? Amen. We get to share about what God is doing in our lives because when we share about what God's doing in our lives, he's able to work through our lives. And when, it, when it's about Jesus, it's not about us. So it's easy. We just get to be who we are for Jesus today. Again, and it's going to be so good. So good. And it's, it's just so beautiful. This is the body. You know, and like I was saying in worship today, that church looks like family. And, sh- and church should look like family. And we, we are a church that's about raising people up, releasing people into the gifts and the callings and the people that God has called them to do, um, uh, called them to do and, and the people that God's called them to be. Uh, if you have a Bible with you today or device, open it up to Philemon 1, verse 6. Paul wrote Philemon, and he said in verse, I'll start in verse 4, I thank my God always when I remember you in my prayers, because I hear of your love and of the faith that you have towards the Lord Jesus and all the saints. And I can say that about every person on this stage. And I pray that the sharing of your faith today may become effective for the full knowledge of every good thing that is in us for the sake of Jesus Christ. For I have derived much joy and comfort from your love, my brothers and sisters, because of the hearts of the saints have been refreshed through you. And our hearts today, guys, are going to be so refreshed after hearing, after hearing them. Um, Summer and I had a good little chat a few weeks ago in the ladies book club, and we were talking about her driver's license and everything, and Summer um, recently got filled with the Holy Spirit, and she was just sharing a, a, a little bit about that, but then she was talking about being in the ministry and, you know, and just share, you know, sharing or, or preaching, you know, and just, I don't want to say, maybe this is about what you're going to say, and I don't want to uncover you in front of everybody, but she was just sharing her heart about the gifts that she could just sense that God was, like, that God was, <laughs> the things that God was beginning to do in her heart, you know, and just, and this is when it happens, you know, it's just, it's the little things that God just begins to just speak to your heart or visions that God gives for your life where you see someone you know, and you're like, oh, I want to be like that. Or, you know, I can do that. You know, and it gives you courage to become the people that, you've got, that God's called you or that God's called us to be. Um, so, you know, she was talking about being in the ministry. You know, and this is how it starts. And this is what it looks like. You know, I was telling someone the other day, you know, my ministry ground was an old folks home. Yeah. It was. I would go everywhere with my dad. My dad and I, once a month, we would go to Lynn, um, Lynn Haven. It's changed so many times in Chilliwack. 
we would go there, and he would preach, and I would do worship. And then, and then in Victoria, I would go to old folks' home again. I'm like, what is this? I'm going to have old, old folks' ministry. You know, I was so young. I was like 20. And then Jake's dad would take me, you know, and, and we would go to old folks' homes. And that was my training ground. But whatever your training ground is, guys, let's do it. And let's do it all for the glory of God because there's no little things. They're all significant things, all this stuff that God is preparing us for uh, to become who God's called us to be. So this is just another thing today that you're going to do for God, and it's going to go so good. And you just share out of your heart, and you have such a beautiful heart, Summer. And everyone just, when Summer walks into a room, it lights up, doesn't it? Just her smile and her spirit. So here, I'm going to give you the mic. and you're, You want to stand? Yeah, we have a stand somewhere. Do we have a stand? Casey will get you a stand. You can run. You can run. What scripture are you going to share today? Oh, two? What's one? Peter. Oh, okay. First Peter 5.10. Awesome. Okay. There we go. Okay, guys, let's give it up for summer. Um, as many of you are, might be aware, um, I've uh, suffered from three pretty bad concussions as of late, um, and they have caused me um, a lot of pain and worry and hurt, and um, I have had to take time off of school and from sports, and um, as of right now, uh, I won't be able to play sports, so this has pretty much rocked my world as of right now. Um, it has um, caused me a lot uh, to wonder about, like, why I have to go through this suffering and why I have to go through this pain. Um, and it's made me have to trust God a lot through this season and really depend on him to give me strength through everything. Um, yeah, and he's just been uh, letting me know that I have to be more dependent on him through the hard times. So I'll be sharing from First Peter. Um, so it says, and the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. And um, this really just shows me that God wants us to lean on him in the hard times, and he's there waiting for us to call on him. And some through this journey of mine, sometimes I haven't leaned on him, and I haven't trusted him, but... Um, He's just been telling me, you know, just to trust in him and that everything's going to happen okay. And we can just lean on him and his promises because he promised us in this scripture that he's going to restore us and make us strong, make us firm and steadfast. And that um, we can't see the overall picture through what's happening. And I, I, I can only see the now, but I know that after I get over this mountain, that um, he's going to make me strong and that my relationship with him is going to be even stronger because through those hard times, I pressed in on him and I leaned on his word. Yeah. <laughs> um, and God's been telling me to take a step back and just lean on him and trust him all the way because I can't do it on my own. And there's times when I have 
not been able to do anything. And if I call out, call out on his name, he's going to make me strong. And he gives me the strength and the hope to get through the hard times and hard headaches that come my way. And yeah, it's, I'm not saying that it's been really easy to trust God. It's been really easy to just lean back and let him take the reins because sometimes I didn't and I just didn't want anything to do with it because I was just angry because of the situation that I was in. But I'm just starting to realize more and more right now that I need to lean on him and trust in his word. And another verse um, is First Peter 4:13. But rejoice in as much as you participate in the sufferings of Christ, so that you may be overjoyed when His glory is revealed. And even when we suffer, we can still rejoice God, and we can still praise His name because He's going to help us get through those hard times. And I'm going to praise His name, and I'm going to keep on worshiping Him even in the pain and the suffering because I know that after I get through this, that. I'm going to have just a better relationship, and he's going to make me stronger. And I'm going to praise God in the pain, and then I'm going to praise God until I'm healed. And I'm going to praise God even more afterwards because of everything that he's been, everything that I've been through and his glory that has been revealed through me. And it's just going to make me praise him even more because of the pain that I went through. I know that through everything, he was with me and standing beside me and helping me get through those hard times. And... Uh, God deserves our highest praise through everything, and through it all, he's going to help me to get through everything, and even though I haven't been healed yet, I'm not taking it as a no. There, there are still things that God is, <laughs> there are still things that God's revealing to me through this time of difficulty and pain. I just have to trust God through everything and know that He's going to help me to get through everything, and he's going to give me strength and hope through this hard time. That's, that's it. <laughs> Come on, let's reach our hands out towards Summer. Let's reach our hands out towards her. God, we just come into agreement with your word, and we just say as a church, by your stripes, Summer is healed. In the name of Jesus, of the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, lives and dwells in your body, Summer, and it brings life. It brings life. It brings life. It brings relief to these headaches. God, we just thank you that weeping may last for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Summer, and I want to say to you, if you wondered if you had an anointing on your life to preach or for ministry, I think it's proof in this room that you don't need to wonder any longer because we can all agree that there's anointing on your life to minister the word of God. And, and even with the suffering that you're going through at such a young age, that you're going to preach his word and you're going to minister his word with power and with authority because you learned how to praise him in the valley. And like the song we were singing, and I will praise you till the miracle it comes. And then I'm going to sing a little louder than before. God, I just thank you for the holy roar that you put on in the inside of her, Lord, that it's being released for the glory of God. And we all said, amen. amen. So good. Okay, Reese. Reese. Do you know we were in worship today? And I was like, I didn't think Reese was scheduled this week. He was so loud. And then I like looked right in front of him. I'm like, oh, there he is. <laughs> it was like amplified. And we love it when Reese uh, 
when, when Reese is around, and he's just such a, such a worshiper of God. Okay, you ready to go? Yeah, okay, I think so. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, so I'm Reese. Uh, when Pastor Jake told me this last week what the uh, topic for 5 for 5 was and just uh, like what God's been speaking to us, the first thing that came to mind was probably two months ago, when I was journaling, I'll journal and I'll, I'll, you know, I'll kind of write out these prayers and then I'll listen to hear what God has been saying to me. And two months ago, I heard him, I, I felt I heard him say, fear not, for I am with you. My rod and my staff are by your side. You are a righteous son because I've made you righteous. Now walk in your identity. Walk in the truth of who I've called you to be. And that walk in your identity, that just stuck out to me. Sometimes when I hear things, there's things that like I hear clearer than I normally do, where it's like, yeah, that's poignant. And uh, so when I thought about this, I've been thinking about this this last week. What, is it, what does it mean to walk in your identity? And I think there's two things. I believe there's two things you need to do to walk in your identity. You need to know your true identity, so, which is kind of seeing where you're actually walking. You have to have eyes to see. And then you need to shed any false identities so that you're actually free to walk into that identity. And... Uh, What's really important about this, this uh, what I felt God speaking to me the last two months was that uh, this past year, God has been guiding me along through my true identity and shedding my false identities. And this kind of culminated to me uh, writing out all the lies that I was believing about myself and finding the truth to those lies in the word of God. And these lies are things like, I'm not good enough, uh, I'm alone, those, those sorts of lies. And one of those lies was that I was fatherless. And, and this lie arose from... A history where my parents were divorced at five and my dad moved away five hours away when I was 13 and I was only able to see him like three weeks of the year and then my stepdad of 10 years died of brain cancer when I was 17 and though my dad was still in my life and is still in, in my life there's ways that he's fallen short that's just left me at a place of lack and and even though I've forgiven him for these things and we've talked about it and there's been restoration there's just still this emptiness um, that's that's kind of lurked and so this lie, I'm fatherless. And this past year, God has just guided me so gently and so wonderfully to come to know the Father's heart and to really know my true identity. But I hadn't yet shed my false identities. I hadn't yet shed this lie of I'm fatherless. And, and so I, and, and I came to how, how to shed these false identities. And I think it's to memorize scripture and what I thought about was, is that the, the, the armor of God, your only offensive weapon is the, is the sword of the spirit or the word of God, right? So to get these things off you, um, the, the only problem is I'm terrible at memorizing scripture. Like I'm so bad. I can memorize science facts. I'm a science student. I'm super great. But so I thought about it. I am good at memorizing song lyrics. <laughs> so I started writing a song. And so I wrote a song about being a child of God. And the chorus of that song goes... For I have the right to be a child at your feet. For eternity, I know you'll never leave. And that chorus comes from 1 John, or 1 John, no, not 1 John, John 1. I mixed up the numbers. Uh, verse 12, which is, But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name. He gave the right he bought the rights. And what I was thinking about this last week is that even in the world, when, when there's human rights that are enacted and, and pressed into law, the oppressor only ever has power when the oppressed don't know their rights. But I know my rights. Yeah. 
I know my rights. We've got to know our rights. I know that I have the right to be a child of God. And uh, yeah, I'm going to walk in my identity. That's what God's been speaking to me about. Not only do we have the rights, but we have the inheritance. Amen? Amen. Okay, come on, Sloan. Oh, you're going to come sit by me. Oh, I'm going to come sit by you? Yeah, okay. Okay. We're going to make this up as we go. Good. No, I'm not holding it. It's good. She asked for me. Thank you. Breathe, not faint. Share what I have to share. It's all a little too much for me. So on the front of my book, it says, be brave. <clears throat> so I'm in a valley season. The tears are going to come, but that's just the juicy part of the fruit. <laughs> so <laughs> Brene Brown says, trust is a product of vulnerability that grows over time and requires work, attention, and full engagement. Can one trust without being vulnerable? This, I don't think so. To trust is to share a part of ourselves, however big or small that may be, with one another, with our fellow humans. <clears throat> and that, my friends, leaves us being vulnerable. In this season, God has been asking me to trust him to do the one very thing that has been annihilated in me. God, how can you ask me to trust you? This is the one very thing I'm struggling to do with all things right now. Can you not see how shattered I am? The person <clears throat> I trusted most annihilated me. <clears throat> Sloan, he says, but Lord, I can't. But Sloan, you can. <clears throat> Sloan, trust me. But God, do you not see? Sloan, trust me. But God, do you not hear what's happening? Sloan, trust me. But God, fill in the blanks. We all have those places in our lives. All, we all have those places where we're white-knuckling it, thinking we got this when really we should never have this. It's God to take. God, and even handing over this stuff to you, it leaves me vulnerable. I don't know about you, but for me, vulnerability has a connotation of being weak, letting down my armor, weakness of sorts. The truth of the matter is that in my weakness, I am made strong. His words, 2 Corinthians 12, but he <clears throat> has said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is being perfected in your weakness. Therefore, I will all the more gladly boast in my weakness so that the power of Jesus Christ may completely enfold in me and dwell in me. Learning to trust this process, I am learning to trust the Father. I shouldn't have to learn to trust him, but I do. We often project our wounds of this world onto him and learning to trust his character, his goodness, his steadfastness, his provision, and his love. When Jen asked me to do the five for five, I was like, yeah, sure, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> then this week, coincidence, not sure, I was hit pretty hard. Finding myself in a lawyer's office, my spirit shaken, the unbelief crept in. I said, really, Lord, this week we got to do this? 
<clears throat> it's been going so good. I feel like we're taking three steps back. <clears throat> all that day, all I could sing, it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you over and over again. It's all I had. I was shutting down. I was dissociating. But I felt God reminding me, Sloan, look over the past 11 months. Have I not proven myself trustworthy? <laughs> Quietly nodding yes. But Lord, these are really big decisions, and they all have really big consequences. I plead my case as to why I should be feeling scared. <laughs> no, he says, my child. He answers, but Sloan, my ways are not the ways of this world. <clears throat> the world would surely have you do this, but I'm asking you to do this. Contrary to what man would have you do, Sloan, he sings. Just one more time. Just one more time. Time to take a deep breath. Step out of the boat. Just one more time, my child. Just one more time. And so that is my story of this season, learning to trust. Okay, this is so good. So did they make the five minutes? Yep. Yes! <laughs> okay, ladies and gentlemen, this is Krisha. Good morning, everyone. So when I was asked to share what God is teaching me in this season, I had so many options to choose from, um, but I decided to share um, one thing he's teaching me, which is be bold. Be bold in sharing the good news, be bold in making disciples, and be bold in loving others. In Matthew 28, Jesus gives us the Great Commission to go and make disciples of all nations. And there are so many verses in the Bible that remind us to tell people about God and his goodness. So this summer I've been reading mostly in the New Testament and therefore a lot of scripture that is written about the Apostle Paul and by the Apostle Paul. And Paul is a very bold character like bordering on dramatic, maybe sometimes, um, or maybe that's just my perception. But um, in 2 Corinthians 5, starting in verse 11, um, it's a bit of a long passage. We are God ambassadors is the heading it gives. Because we understand our fearful responsibility to the Lord, we work hard to persuade others. God knows we are sincere, and I hope you know this too. We are, are we commending ourselves to you again? No, we are giving you a reason to be proud of us, so you can answer those who brag about having a spectacular ministry rather than having a sincere heart. If it seems we are crazy, it is to bring glory to God. And if we are in our right minds, it's for your benefit. Either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive his life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ, who died and, raised, and, and was raised for them. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know him now. 
This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, a new life has begun. So for the past little while, I've been reminded of brokenness in people's lives, people around me. Um, And not at all to say that my life is devoid of brokenness, but I've had God with me in my life for so long, walking with me through those difficult times, um, that I forget what it's like to be, or sometimes I forget what it's like to be broken and not have God walking um, with me when, you know, I'm hurting or struggling. Um, So when I have seen people come to know God for the first time and see how he's beginning to heal and restore their lives, I'm just, I'm filled with a new vigor, uh, a new encouragement to share with other people um, how good God is and how um, his love can shape their lives. So continuing in 2 Corinthians, verse 18, it says, And all of this is a gift from God, who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. And for, uh, for God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sin against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. When we speak for Christ, when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. So I guess there's just three thoughts that I'd like to leave with you today. Uh, Number one, it's our job. God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. And it's our job, and it's going to be hard work. Verse 19 and 20 says, And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. Uh, The second thought is share with love. We should share his love with a sincere heart, and we should have Christ's love controlling us. And the third and original thought is be bold. Uh, Don't be afraid. Paul, who was a very bold character and such an amazing person who obeyed God and did so many things for God, was given the same encouragement. In Acts 18, verse 9, he, it says, One night the Lord spoke to Paul in a vision and told him, Don't be afraid. Speak out. Don't be silent. And that's what I want to share. Okay. Before I tell you a little bit about myself and, and my wife, Krisha, um, I wanted to read out of Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse, where is it? 25. Okay. So, Jesus is speaking here. So, all the letters are in red. It says, starting in verse 25, Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to a span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? 
Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? O you of little faith, therefore do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, he's going a step further here beyond what we wear or what we eat. He says, therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Some versions say tomorrow will, will take care of itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So one of the things I really love about the Bible is when it becomes alive to us. And when it really becomes alive to us is when we can see ourselves in these, in these parables, in these stories, in these instructions, when we can place ourselves right in the midst of this. And so I wanted to tell you a little bit about Krisha and my story and, and how we came to be here in Abbotsford and at Hope City. So uh, we were both born and raised in, in Prince George, which is a city that's about 10 hours north of here. Uh, we get six months a year of weather kind of like this, and then we get six months a year of weather that um, has a lot of the, the white stuff on the ground, and it's really cold. So I'm not going to tell you all about my whole life because I have about two minutes left, apparently. Wow, that was just a, a scripture reading. So anyways, about eight months ago, we felt that God was telling us um, to, to pack up and, and to move down here to Abbotsford. And it wasn't for a job. It wasn't for, um, it wasn't for anything like that. It was simply to, to come and, and to work alongside Jake and Jen to serve Hope City Church. Um, we've had a relationship with them for, for a number of years now, and so we felt God telling us to do this. At the time I was working at my church in Prince George, I was the youth pastor and the worship pastor as well as doing a bunch of other things. It was a church about this size. Um, and so I had to come to grips with the fact that, okay, moving meant that, you know, I was going to have to give notice of my job. I was going to have to talk to my pastors and let them know what I f felt the Lord was telling us to do. And so... Um, as time went, we, we did these things, and we started making our plan to move down here. And, you know, in your mind, you think, okay, I've got about six months. You know, we, we got to get jobs. We got we to gotta tick all these boxes that we have to tick as, as responsible adults, right? Um, so we need jobs. We need a place to live. And, and as time went on, uh, we felt like these things just aren't coming together the way we thought that they would. They weren't coming together as fast as we thought we would. We have, a, we have an 80-pound poodle, and would you believe that no one wants to rent out to, to someone with a, an 80-pound dog? They don't want people living in their, in their house. So, so you look at a Craigslist listing, and there's maybe um, you know, 500 places available in the Lower Mainland, and, and about 20 of them allow dogs, and then another 10 of them maybe allow large dogs. So, so we didn't have much choice, and so we... We finally came to this place where we just said to God, we said, we know that you've called us to do this, and so we trust that you're going to bring these pieces together. Um, and, and I talked about a job, and, and you know, in my, in my logical mind, um, one that overthinks and thinks a lot about tomorrow, thinks a lot about the future, um, I said, okay, so I need a job before I go down there. But we had already set a firm date, so we didn't... We didn't um, how do we put this? We didn't, we didn't say, when we get jobs, we're going to go. We said, June 2nd is the date that we're moving. And June 2nd came around, and neither of us had jobs down here. 
And for someone that is, that's very over-analytical for, for very much a thinker, you say, like, well, what's wrong with me? Like, what's wrong with my resume? What's wrong with our resumes? What, do people, do people see something that they don't like? Like, you, you start getting in your head, and you start getting anxious. You start worrying. And you start thinking about, okay, we've got about, you know, a month before we really need a job. Otherwise, we're going to have to start going into debt just to, just to live. And then, you know, and then your mind, it gets, it gets racing, right? Um, and so, you know, we, we, but we just, through the whole process, we said, God, we trust you. Um, we know what we're feeling, we know what we're sensing, but, but God, we trust you. You said to do this, and so we're going to trust you beyond what we see. And, and I really think that when, when Jesus says these words about not being anxious about tomorrow, what he's really saying is, you can't control tomorrow. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, so worrying about it's not going to add anything to your life. But if instead you focus on today, seeking his kingdom, following him today then he's going to bring all these things. All these other things are going to line up for you. doesn't mean that you won't have to put in any work, but these other things, God said he'll take care of them for you. And Sloan, I was so um, unbelievably um, blessed by, by what you shared. And, you know, that, that element of uh, where you read about, trust me, trust me, trust me. And that's, that's exactly what God was speaking to me as well throughout this whole process over the last six months. Trust me. I've called you to this. Um, and, and you know what? He has brought all the pieces together, and he's still bringing pieces together. He's, and we look back, and we see the blessing that's happened as we put our trust in him. We see how he's had every step of the way. Uh, and so that's a little bit about our story. Um, and I just wanted to share kind of a closing thought about it. Um, some of this comes from a commentary, and then some just comes from, from my head about Matthew, 25, uh, Matthew 6. So it is the future that breeds anxiety and leads to hoarding. But if we can restrict our cares to today, then we can master our anxiety. We can master our stress. If God took care of you yesterday, think about that. Look at all the times that he's taken care of you. If he took care of you yesterday, surely he can take care of you today. And absolutely he's going to take care of you tomorrow. So we really don't have to worry about that, that time in the future of tomorrow we have to worry about today. Every day, we have things to be worried about. And every tomorrow, we're going to have things to be worried about, right? And there's going to be troubles that come our way. There's going, to be, there's going to be things that come our way that we're not expecting. But one thing that I've learned through this whole thing, and I've, I've seen time and time again in my life, in other people's lives, in Sloan's life, in the other people that have shared this morning, um, I've seen that God is faithful. He promised he would take care of us when we seek his kingdom come and his will be done in our lives. So good. Amen. Amen. And I was seeing that thread of trust and faithfulness, and I wanted to just wrap up with this scripture. Let's stand up. If we could stand up. Casey, if you could do double. You guys stay up here. First uh, Thessalonians 5. It says, he who calls you is faithful, he will surely do it. And I have gained so much strength in my life from that scripture that he who calls me, he calls me, if he's called me to do it, he's faithful to do it. Faithful literally means that God is full of faith. There's a scripture in the Bible that says that when we're faithless, God is faithful. And God's hand of faithfulness is over every person and over every heart and every home. 
in this life. And he says to you, to all of us today, I'm faithful. I'm faithful. Like someone said, would you just trust me one more time? I'm faithful. All those hands in the, in the who put their hand up this morning about needing a touch from Jesus? Just lift those hands, just leave those hands up. Because Jesus is saying, I'm faithful. Would you just trust me one more time? I'm faithful. And if you will just keep walking ahead and putting your trust and your hope and your faith in me, you will see the promise of God. Because it's not just about receiving his promise, but this is about becoming more like him. As, as some are sharing about this season of suffering that she's going through at such a young age. Her promise is health. Her promise is hope and life and healing. But while she's walking through the suffering towards her promise, Jesus Christ, guess what? She's becoming more like Jesus through this process. And God promises over every person in this place, I am faithful over you. My eye is upon you. My hand is upon your life. My hand is upon your home. My hand is upon your marriage. My hand is upon your heart. My hand is upon your job. My hand's upon your education and your future. And as you just trust me and take that step one more time, I will show you my faithfulness because he's good. And like Reese said, that I'm, he's a child of God. And part of being his child is seeing his faithfulness because faithfulness is part of the inheritance of the children of God. So God, we just lift our hands in this place. And as a church, we thank you, God, for your faith. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you are drawn closer to Jesus and that his spirit, his love, and his life are filling you right now. If you'd like more info about who we are and what we're doing at Hope City, head over to hopecitychurch.ca to find out more. And if you liked what you heard, head over to iTunes and rate the podcast to spread the word so others can hear too. And oh, one more thing before we go. We just want to remind you that you were made for hope.